We're going to keep you abreast as we move forward and eventually be seeking your input as we shape that, um, that vision. But the vision for these next three weeks is a vision focusing on each of us individually in our own spiritual walks with our Lord Jesus Christ. Our congregation exists to lead people to follow Jesus. How? First, discovering a deeper life in worship. Developing um, the ability not only just to read God's word, but to live out his word in our lives. Declaring our faith through lives of service. And today the focus is going to be on living a life of worship. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather, to worship you. Help us to understand what worship is, how we are to worship, why, when, and where we are to worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did anybody watch a football game last night? (laughs) That was quite a game. No matter what side you're on, that, that was an amazing game. And um, for you Green Bay Packer fans, I'm Pastor Allen and myself are available this week for counseling if you need some, <laughs> some help. Um, but that was an amazing game. You know, and just, it's just fun to watch. And, and I got a confession to make. You know, I'm a Minnesota Viking fan. And, I, you know, when I grew up, I, I bled purple. Okay, I just, I just you know, if, if I would have put me back a couple years, if what would have happened last week happened a couple years ago, I would still be extremely depressed even right now. For those of you that can remember what happened in last week's game when the Vikings played Seattle, um, they had a, a great game plan. They had a chance to win the game with just, um, you know, just like 20, you know, like 20 some seconds left in the game. And a guy had a 27 yard field goal. That's a chip shot. And he missed it, you know. And, and, um, but the reality is, it's just, it's a game. It's only a game. And I can honestly say, I enjoy football, but I no longer. I guess you say any way worship football. In fact, in life, we're not supposed to worship um, anything except for God. Um, but so I found it's really important to have a sense of humor when it comes to things that maybe are too close to your heart. So I, I found a number of Minnesota Viking jokes that I want to share with you. <clears throat> what does an abandoned car have in common with the Minnesota Viking football team? Neither one has a title. The Vikings are making a brand new stadium, brand new stadium. The smallest room in that stadium, guess what it's going to be? The trophy room. (laughs) How many Viking fans does it take to screw in a light bulb? None, because they're just content living in Green Bay's shadow. (laughs) I bet you Green Bay Packer fans feel better about that one, huh? Why does the CIA want to hire Viking quarterbacks? Because they can overthrow any dictator. What does the the Minnesota Vikings, what do they have in common with your neighbor? Neither one can pick up a yard. And I can go on all day. I'm just going to do one more. What do the Minnesota Vikings have in common with Chick-fil-A in the post office? None of them work on Sundays. But again, it's only a game, right? What matters in life is not the things of life, okay? God wants us to enjoy this life, but we need to be careful what we worship. And I guarantee you, I know a lot of people, they worship sports. They absolutely worship sports. Some people worship money. Some people worship cars. Some people worship their looks. And people worship all these different things. They wonder, why is my life so empty? Why is my life so meaningless? The bottom line is we are meant to worship God. The first commandment, 
You should have no other gods before me. Nothing in life should be more important to us than our relationship with God. And that's what worship is all about. And I want to ask and answer five questions today. First of all, what is worship? What is it? And worship is reverence, submission, surrender, placing God above everything else, allowing for the universe to be set in order, realizing that the center of the universe is God, not us, not anything else. It's God. Worship is not about us. If you're here thinking you're here to be entertained, it's probably not the best place to get entertained at. Okay? We're not the audience. It's an audience of one here today, and the audience is God. And we are here to worship him, to show reverence to him, to thank him, to praise him for who he is and what he's done. That's what worship is. Submission. Not just here, as I'm going to talk about in a little bit, but all the time. That's the what. But what about how? How should we worship? And there are many different ways to worship God. Even on our two campuses today, we have five worship services, three different styles. Traditional style, a blended style like the service here. Other campus, very contemporary style. And one way is not any better than another way. It always breaks my heart when people are trying to say, well, my way is better than that way. What's well, better for you, but for different people, they worship in different ways. On this campus, we tend to have a little bit more of the um, Lutheran liturgy. And it reminds me of a story here a long time ago. Before I say the story, you know, I've been here almost nine years. Okay if I start using stories I used more than eight years ago. Is that okay? Because I used this one, once before, but it's more than eight years ago. There's this church. They were trying to introduce their congregation to uh, the new hymnal. It's not new anymore, but it was for them at that time. And so the pastor's working really hard to get the people all set to do the liturgy. He would do a different part each week. He'd also work with different groups, the choir and so forth. And the big Sunday came for them to do the whole service, to go through the entire liturgy. And everything's going well until they get to the part, okay, where we sit, the pastor says, the Lord be with you, and the congregation responds, how? And also with you, okay? They get to that part, and all of a sudden the microphone started feeding back. And the pastor goes, there's something the matter with his microphone, and the congregation responded in unison, and also with you. <laughs> well, nothing's perfect, but the reality is there is something the matter with me, there's something the matter with all of us here. That's why we're here. Every one of us is a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We cannot save ourselves. We need help. And so how do we worship? We are called upon to worship honestly. As we heard in our gospel reading, to worship in spirit and in truth. We come here with hearts open to God saying, you know what, God, I have sinned. I've messed up. I've made mistakes in my life. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. To be honest with him and even the confession, we're honest with one another. We all have that in common. But I also equate worship with love. And we see that Jesus gave us this command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I see that for us, worship the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Worship is an act of of love. Worship him with our heart, with our emotions. It's okay to feel. We have a God who feels. He's given us our emotions. Emotions 
to love and to have all different types of, of feelings, even in worship. I know we're kind of more uh, European kind of background people, a lot of us, and different, you know, so sometimes I know my dad was, was Norwegian, very stoic, but I know he has feelings on the inside. Maybe our feelings are more on the inside. Maybe that we want to show them on the outside, but however you want to express them, it's okay to have emotions and to have emotions tuned in to God as we come into worship, to worship with our heart, with our soul, the essence of all of our being, who we are, our full essence. With our mind, you know, to check out the world. You walk through these doors. We need to block out the distractions in the world. We shouldn't be in here thinking about, yeah, I wonder what the score is. I wonder what I'm going to be doing after I leave here today. But to be focused in with our mind, to be focused on, on the, the songs and the words that we, the songs we sing and the words, to look at the, to think of the scriptures and really concentrate on the words in scripture, um, to, to focus on the meaning of the creed. Every time we say the creed, sometimes maybe you find your mind is starting to blank out. Focus on each word. I believe in God the Father. I believe in, in God the Son. Just go through the creed and just really mean those words. We say the Lord's Prayer to think about those words. We saw baptism this morning. What a blessing to see something that special. But to fully engage with our mind and focused on God. And, and i got to be honest with you. We live in this entertainment world. All these special effects. We can't pull off IMAX 3D high definition here for you. If you're going to be entertained, this is not the place. We need to focus. We need to work. A disciple, the word comes from the word discipline. To discipline our minds, our, our whole beings, even with all our strength, means even our body, fully engaged in worship. Checking everything else out, focusing on God. God, I'm here for you because of what you've done for me, who you are. Psalm 100 we heard that psalm a little bit ago. Just really a beautiful psalm on telling us how to worship. Listen to these words. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. He's God, we're not. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. There's ownership here. We don't belong to ourselves. Who do we belong to? God, we're the property of God. What a privilege that is. Because he's a perfect owner. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, praise his name. For the Lord is good, his love endures forever, his faithfulness continues through all generations. We worship fully invested, all in. Not just right now, as I'm going to talk about a little bit through our whole lives, living for God, living out a life of worship. Why? Why should I worship? A lot of people are saying, I don't need to go to be part of a church. I can do this on my own. Well, we're called sheep, right? And the devil's called a wolf, lion. And sheep, next to a lion or wolf, we're, we're pretty... Easy prey. There's a lot of beauty of being together as a family of believers. If you want to do it on your own, how do you know you're even following the right theology? How do you know you're interpreting the Bible right? Who's there to support you in your times of need? We come together as a body of believers. It's a big why. You know, I, I'm a minister and I've helped a lot of people in this congregation, but a lot of you have helped me through some challenging times in my life. We need each other. 
We're not meant to do this alone. Why? Ultimately because of who God is. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Who he is, what he's done. Think about what he has done for you. Think about that. He created you. Every one of us, unique, different, special. Even identical twins are not fully identical. And God made us with an eternal plan. He gave us life. He's given us our family. He's given us friends. He's given us all that we have. Talents, abilities. You say, well, I worked hard to get what I have. With what? With the talent, the ability God gave you. The resources he gave you. Every breath we breathe comes from the power of God. But most of all, God intervened in our lives through Jesus Christ because our sins separated us from him. And so he came into this world and Jesus Christ came and lived and he died and he rose and he's here right now. That's why we worship him. He's with us all the time. We are nothing without God. He's everything. He's with us all the time. He loves us so much. No matter how much we invest in worship, he always gives us more. We cannot outgive God. He blesses us so much. Next question When? When should we worship? We heard in our lesson for today the epistle reading from Hebrews chapter 10. It says this. Let us not give up meaning together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Do not get out of the habit of worshiping, it's saying. Life is based on habits. There are good habits, there are bad habits. There was a time in my life when I was in college, I got out of the habit of worship. And that was a bad time for me. My life was spiraling downward. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. It was kind of like you know, in, in life we need to eat, right? Eat three meals a day. You miss a meal, you start getting hungry. Miss a couple days, you start getting hunger pains. Eventually, guess what happens? If you just stop eating, hunger pains, they go away. And you gradually just starve. And my life was spiraling downward. The hunger pains were gone I, as far as my worship life. And I was just wondering, why am I so miserable? And some really terrible things happened in my life. And I went back to worship. And I remember hearing the same old liturgy I grew up with. And all of a sudden it was beautiful. And I realized what I was missing. When I went through the, you know, the Lord's Prayer and the Confession Absolution took communion, I was, I was weeping. It, I didn't realize how much I'd missed going to worship. I didn't realize how far I'd strayed. But God touched me, restored me, and got me back on the right track. We need each other, okay? We need to come together when... All the time, consistently. Have a, be a habit of worship. It should be something that just comes natural. You wake up on Sunday mornings, it shouldn't be, well, should I or shouldn't I? And for a lot of people, that's what it comes down to. And if they say, I, maybe it shouldn't die, um, because there's something else that comes in the way. And let me ask you, is that something else more important than being in the presence of the eternal God who opens up the way for us forever to be with him in eternity? rather than being focused on things that are only temporary, that we so often sometimes worship. When? Not just here right now. It should be all week long. Okay? It should be a part of our life. When we leave here today, the worship service keeps going on. That life is an act of worship. 
This is kind of the starting point. We leave here today, we worship until we come back together next week. Which leads to the where. The where? Here, yes. But for a lot of people, it's like, okay, did my hour of worship, check it off my list, I'm done. No. If you leave here and go, go home, worship continues. Go to a restaurant, worship continues. I went to a conference um, in Indiana with a, um, a ministry called Church Doctors, and I just wanted to learn more about you know, how to become a better pastor and leader, and, and we went to, um, to dinner, and the, the, the son of the guy that owns this um, um, church doctor ministry, this, the, the um, waitress kept coming around, and, and we're getting ready to pray, and he goes, he just says, hey, ma'am, we're going to pray. Is there anything we can pray for with you? And she said, yeah, there really is, and she laid out some things that were on her heart, and she stayed with us, and we prayed with her. That's an act of worship, showing our faith throughout the week, living worship at work, worshiping God, put him first all the time at school, at play, no matter what we're doing, we're worshiping God all the time, everywhere. That should be our lifestyle that flows from this relationship of love that we have with God. I want to bring this all together, and I'm going to share with you another story that I said more than eight years ago. There was a gal that, she was um, new to the area, and she wanted to find a new church. And so she went to this church, and church similar to this in size and pews and stuff, and she went up and sat in the second row, and it's kind of a scattered crowd, not a, not a lot of people there. There's a guy in the same row on the far end of the, of the pew, and the service started, kind of not a lot of energy in the service. And... The pastor began to preach. She looks over across the guy in the same pew. He's sleeping. He's just out, just almost snoring. He's just out. Looking around, people on their cell phones. No one's tuned in or they're checked out. She's trying to listen and, you know, and to really be focused. The service ends, and she thought, thinks to herself, I should probably at least try to reach out and meet somebody. And so she saw the guy just woke up on the same pew, and she says, I'm going to go and introduce myself to him. And she walks up to the guy and says, hi, my name is Gladys Dunn. The guy looks at her and says, I'm glad it's done too. (laughs) Folks, when we leave here today, it's not done, okay? The worship service is not done. We worship here, we go out there. We let the world know that we are true followers of Jesus Christ by living out lives of worship, not just on a Sunday, but all the time. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the privilege to come together as a family to worship you. We need each other. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters here today. I thank you that they woke up this morning and they are here right now showing to you and to us to one another that you are number one. You are everything. We glorify you. We praise you. We thank you. Lord, no matter what we try to give to you, you always give us way more. You've given us everything. And we pray when we leave here today that the worship service does not stop, that we live out lives of worship all week long until we come together next week as a family of believers again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This time the offer will be received. If you please um, sign the registers in each of your rows during this time as well. Thank you.
Just a second before we start the song, you kind of inspired me to introduce how this song was written. Uh, I was in jail, and I had went to a, to a uh, service in jail where a gentleman came in and you know, shared worship uh, with the inmates. And I looked at him, and I said, how could God love a, a sinner like me who spent 15 years doing drugs and alcohol, selling drugs to you know, anybody that wanted to buy them? And he looked at me, and he said, I want you to close your eyes for a second, which I did. And he said, I want you to think of Jesus up on the cross, beaten and torn. And he used the word bludgeoned. That's in the song. And he said that last moment after he said, it is finished, and he dropped his head. He said when he hung his head, that's when he demonstrated how much he loves you. The song is called On Calvary. It is your word that shows a way. It was your blood that saved me that day. You set me free. You set me free on Calvary. On Calvary, you died for me. Plunging in scorn, nailed to a tree. You hung your head and I am free On Calvary You died for me Plunging in scorn Nailed to a tree You hung your head And I am free It is your word That shows a way your blood that saved us that day you set us free everyone was set free on Calvary on Calvary you died for me plunging and scorn nailed to a tree you hung your head Join in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation.